The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. I want to welcome you back to the show. I'm Stephen Schleicher. Matthew Peterson is joining me this week as we talk about the Top 5 Movie Villains. Oh, Top 5 Movie Villains as suggested by ChatGPT. Now, you may be asking yourself, Stephen, why did you have to go to ChatGPT to find this answer? Well, I'll tell you, dear listeners, because more of you need to get over to our Discord server, there's a link in the show notes. You can join it absolutely for free and you can suggest your very own topic for top five and we may pick it. We may pick your suggestion. And if we do, we will definitely give you a shout out on the show. But the only way that you might qualify for this grand shout out and a no prize is by getting over to the major spoilers discord link in the show notes. Join absolutely for free. So many awesome people over there waiting to welcome you with with happy gifts, which is kind of the opposite this week, Matthew, of our show villains, bad guys, people that you go boo and hiss, and hiss at when they come on the screen. At least I do. No, well, I do that all the time. Uh, so who do you, who do you have? The other day, it was a dog. Who do you have for your number five? My number five is actually one that I had to choose uh, from this particular actor's oeuvre because he plays a lot of really great villains. But my number five, I finally had to go with the Sheriff of Nottingham, specifically as played by Alan Rickman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, circa, I don't know, 1995, let's say two. I think one, two sounds right. But that particular movie, if you remember it, did a lot. I tried to avoid it, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they did a lot of, uh, how shall we put this, anachronisms uh, and modernization of things that didn't really make any sense. They added in a character who was uh, using uh, gunpowder, like literally centuries before anyone else. And the thing that's really fascinating about it is how it's a terrible movie, but it's still kind of fun. And part of the biggest part of it is the sheriff of Nottingham just being so incredibly stupid evil. All right, cancel Christmas. But what really sold it for me was there's a moment where he's like, I'll cut their hearts out with a spoon. And then there's this moment. And one of his, his lackeys is like, why a spoon? He's like, cause it's dull. You twit. It'll hurt more. And if you can't get behind that, if you can't get behind the idea of digging somebody's heart out with a spoon, you probably haven't ever worked customer service. And uh, I, I salute you. My number five, the Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood, colon, Prince of Thieves. Cool. Uh, my my uh, my top five villains this week, I am doing them in ascending order from uh, least evil to most evil. So as we go up my list, or down my list, depending on how you're counting and listening and filling out your form at home. 
Uh, we are going from people who are bad to people who are really, really bad. And my number five is somebody I think we can all, uh, you know, understand and somebody who we all have probably had in our lives. He is the killer of fun. He is trying to get people in trouble just to get people in trouble because he's a bad, bad man. And I should also point out here that, uh, I don't want to talk about actors in these roles. I'm just talking about the characters they play because the actor who is in this role is a bad man as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about the man who hunted a high schooler around all across Chicago on one fine day. Principal <laughs> Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off who just wanted to get Ferris caught so he could... I don't know, put him in detention, kick him out of school, make him go to summer school. I don't know. But Principal Ed Rooney, definitely a person who doesn't understand fun and probably as a kid got shoved into a locker and locked inside (laughs) a lot. Probably as an adult got shoved into a locker. I I don't want to body shame people, but I don't think he's getting shoved in a locker. Um, (laughs) No, uh, he he no, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying. He's he's kind yeah. of gotten bigger in his in the later parts of his life. Sure. Uh, so that is my number five. Principal Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I watched Election this weekend and it was so sad. Oh, is he in that Ferris one? Oh, no, no. Uh, but uh, Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ferris basically grows up to be Rooney in that movie. And it just mm-hmm. it just tears the heart out of me every time. Yep. Yep. But that movie doesn't actually have a villain. Everybody in that movie is terrible. Which is why my number four villain is indisputably, undeniably, 100% bad antagonist, but not necessarily evil, but a really, really great villain. Because as my wife likes to point out, a lot of times the villains of certain stories aren't evil, they're just hungry. And that's true of a shark as seen in Jaws, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, and Jaws 4. Primarily Jaws, because in the, if you take it in the strictest sense, really the villain of Jaws is actually the idea of a shark, because you is almost it, never is it the, see is it. Is it the shark, or is it the mayor of the town who insists on keeping the beaches open <laughs> during the holiday, because that's how the, the, the town is going to get all of its, its money, and if they force to close the, the beaches, the town's right. going to go under. See, and that's, it's really tough to say because from the point of view of the sheriff or uh, Roy Scheider's character, is he the sheriff or is he like a marshal? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Mm-mm. From the point of view of the sheriff, definitely that guy's a villain. But if you kind of look at the point of view of, say, Captain Quint, that shark with his evil black eyes, we were floating in the, in the ocean, freezing waters for three days. They look you right in his eyes. He's got those lifeless eyes like a doll, Stephen. Like a doll. And he'll pick you who, off. Who are you, trying, who are trying, to be who are you trying to be? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm being Robert Shaw, but the problem oh, is everything, okay. everything I see Robert Shaw in, he has an Irish accent. And that that's by means of saying I only really ever watch, you know, uh, the sting. But here's the thing. The shark in that movie was a mechanical shark that didn't work. You know this. Most people know that the movie is partially, in my mind, so successful because they had to work around that shark not working. And so you get just glimpses of it and you get 
a fin here and you get a little bit of teeth or you get a moment where, you know, uh, close encounters of the first kind is underwater in a, in a cage and he's about to be eaten. And all you just see is the face and the teeth coming at it. The fact that they had to work around that actually made that shark more frightening. And to me, again, an antagonist, I can't necessarily say flat out evil, but definitely one of the greatest villains of all time, especially, you know, given how little screen time it actually ends up having. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go in the water. Don't Don't go in the water. water. Not at night, not in the daytime, not during a holiday season. Uh, yeah. no times there's, there's creepy, scary things Spoken in the water. Like Midwesterner, sir. Stay. I mean, I lived on both coasts, so I've been to the beach many, many yeah. a time. Yeah, don't go in the water. From the Midwest. All right. Uh, my number four is a bad guy who pretends to be an even worse bad guy to cover up just a, a crime that is maybe not that big of a deal, but he has to pretend to be somebody worse in order to make his, his little petty crime. Uh, seem bigger. The only problem is there's a cop from New York who's trying to make out, uh, make up with his his estranged wife, and uh, he uh gets involved in the uh, banknote heist at Nakatomi Tower on a Christmas uh, party. I'm of course talking about Hans Gruber, who you know he's just there to to do a bank heist. But the only way to do a bank heist is to pretend that he's a terrorist taking over the building and holding everyone hostage and he would have gotten away with it too had it not been for john mcclain that rotten bruce willis kid that rotten bruce willis but yeah hans gruber is really kind of a sociopath uh one step up from ed rooney uh where he doesn't care who dies as long as he gets his in the end and here's a spoiler alert he does get his in the end uh my number four (laughs) one hans gruber oh boy i sure hope that isn't one of the hostages (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> who do you have for I, your I, number number three matthew my number three was almost hans gruber but i felt that you should have just done alan, alan rickman for your entire could, cast you of could movie do films. five alan rickman does he ever do i'm trying to think has beyond um the star trek parody movie mm-hmm. uh, does he ever play a good guy most or is he always cast as the bad guy, are, anti-hero guy? Yeah, he. I think he tends to have that sort of, he feels dour very, look. yeah, he's got that dour face and he has that tone that makes you think he's mocking you even when he's not Mr. Potter. Oh no, he's and mocking so, you. Oh, he probably is, but you know, everybody mocks me, it's fine. I've, I've worked with you for 37 years, so. I know. But my, my number three is actually a character embodied by a similar actor in a lot of ways. Uh, he's known mostly for his villain roles. Uh, this role would not be the same without his specific delivery and the the la, the joie de vivre, the life that he brings to the character. And most importantly, and I want to warn you right now, this is a spoiler for a movie that came out in 1985. So if you haven't seen the movie Clue, switch off for 30 seconds and then come back i'm talking about tim curry's mr body who spends literally almost the entire movie pretending to be his own butler but there's there are points where this entire film and it is just a a complete farce it is a silly silly mystery but it still manages to have some menace to it it still manages to have 
real creepy moments, but it's also hysterical. There's a moment where uh, he's trying to explain to everyone what happened. And he's like, I was in the hall. I know because I was there. And there's just something about that little pause, that little Tim Curry moment that makes the character of Wadsworth, who is just so much fun to watch throughout the whole film. Everybody in this movie is great. Everybody in the entire film is a freaking genius. Martin Mull is in there. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown. Michael McKeon, probably best known as Lenny from uh, Laverne and the Shirley. But all of these characters are just kind of rotating around this nexus of Tim Curry. And it's so, so wonderful. And when it ends, his last word, and I don't want to spoiler this part, but, you know, it's a 50-year-old movie. His last words in the film are possibly the funniest thing in the entire movie. And that's saying something because the man makes me laugh out loud with a single word. And that word is now. No. Now. So if you've never seen Clue, first of all, forget everything I just said. Just go la, 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 la. Then go watch it. It's probably streaming somewhere. It's a cult classic. Big time. Tim Curry as uh, asterisk spoiler character. Uh, one of my best. The number three best villain in the movies. I think it's interesting, and this is a, a point of uh, uh, mm. indicating people's age. Yes. That you're like, hey, most of you will probably know Michael McKeon from his role as as uh, uh, Lenny on Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm. I think today... That show was on until 1982. What what else would they know Michael McKeon for? Uh, probably a show that has gotten a lot of accolades. Uh, Better Call Saul, uh, playing Saul's older brother. And I think, oh, I think today people would be like... Oh, no, I know him from, from Better Call Saul. Or I know him from all of those. Uh, or a Mighty yes. Wind or Best in Show or those kinds of things. It's, it's So I just, I'm just saying He's that. He's almost certainly best known for Spinal Tap now. Probably, probably. But I'm just saying that it's an interesting thing where I'm, I'm probably such, most of our listeners. A chameleon that I completely forgot yeah. about Spinal Tap. I completely forgot about the Better Call Saul connection. Just like yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because uh, I think if you were to say Laverne and Shirley, there are a lot of people out there who listen to the show would be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, yeah, but if people aren't aren't used to listening to this show and having no idea what I'm talking about at this point, welcome to the show. We love you. (laughs) My number three. Now, listen, if one guy wants to do a bank robbery, my number three villain needs to step it up a little bit more. (laughs) <laughs> My number three villain is all about stopping the U.S. space program. Not just any U.S. space program, specifically stopping Project Mercury's launch uh, from Cape Canaveral so that, I don't know, the Russians can get the lead or or whatever. I, I'm not really sure what it is, but it makes for an interesting uh, notion that here's this guy out in the middle of the uh, the Bahamas somewhere. Uh, who has his own island, mm. a radioactive island, by the way. Well, and he's sure. using not smirch technology, but specter technology to <sighs> try to jam the Cape Canaveral radio beam. And oh, by the way, did I mention that he's got prosthetic hands of metal because of his handling of radiation, uh, radioactive material? I am, of course, talking about Dr. Julius No. Chinese German uh, madman from the very first uh, James Bond movie, Dr. No, based on the book of the same name. 
uh, Dr. No. And I don't know. He's when you think about it, when you think about all the other Bond villains, Goldfinger, uh, you know, uh, the guy with the teeth, the other guy with the hat, the other guy with the third nipple, uh, you know, you compare a lot of the evil deeds that they're doing to what Dr. No is doing. You're like, this guy's kind of lame, but there's something about watching that very first James Bond movie. If you've never seen James Bond before and someone's like, Hey, we're going to watch Dr. No. And you're like, this is kind of a badass villain. And he's really doing, I mean, we get to see Spectre show up uh, in this case, mm-hmm. but I think there's something about Dr. No that is just like this devilish kind of um, character that you kind of love to hate. And I, and I probably shouldn't have used the word devilish character because uh, the guy is, is Chinese German, but it, there's a lot of uh, yellow peril stuff in, in the character of Dr. No. Uh, but still he's a really good villain and he earns my number three spot for trying to take down the U S space program. Don't even get off the ground. Hey, listen, Matthew, before we get into our number two spot, Mm -hmm. uh, I need to probably remind our dear listeners that if you find some value in this show, if you, for example, spend some time tonight and you were like, I did not know that there was a show called Linian, uh, Laverne and Shirley, Shirley, and it had Linian and Squiggy in it. And also a spinoff show uh, with uh, the great Ragu. Uh, if you didn't know that and you're like, wow, this is really valuable information that I can keep in my back pocket in case, I don't know, I'm being held up by a squad of uh, 50s greasers. Uh, if you found value in the information that we have shared with you, how about a little bit of value back? Uh, can be in forms a, a lot of ways. Uh, you can go out and you can spread the word. You can share the link to the show to all of your friends in your, in your facey space or your, MySpace or your, your ex Twitter or your, uh, your threads or your Instagrams, whatever they are, you can share in the socials that way. You also can, uh, go and just, you know, force your AirPods or your earbuds into someone else's ears and say, listen to this now, just do that to a stranger on the bus sitting next to you right now. Listen to this right now. They'll, they'll appreciate it. Uh, believe me. Uh, so will the police. Um, your lawyer probably will appreciate it as well. <laughs> the other thing, if you found value in this show, is maybe if you don't want to do those other things or can't do those other things, you've uh, decided to, to uh, shy off social media for Lent, hello future people, um, you might consider becoming a major spoilers patron. You know, the, in the grand tradition, Matthew, of the Renaissance, where you had right. these artists who were creating fantastic pieces of sculpture and painting and architecture and music, or in this case, podcasts and humorous websites and knowledgeable websites that bring value to your life. Then you could, you could walk around with your nose in the air and act like a, a Medici. You could, you could walk around and pretend like you're a high aristocrat because you can say, I'm a patron of the fine arts. And they'll say, Oh really? What do you support? And you can say, I'm a patron of major spoilers, but here's the thing. You actually have to be a patron of major spoilers in order to say that. And the only way that you can do that is by going to patreon.com slash major spoilers and signing up at the silver level for just five bucks a month. And I tell you what, if you sign up for the full year in advance, you're not going to pay $60. Oh no, you're going to pay considerably less than that. In fact, you're going to get one month free pay for 11, get one month free. That is a bargain. As Eddie Murphy would say a bargain for me. And you can go around and say you're a patron of the fine arts and find podcasts everywhere, including this one right here. When you become a patron, just like the Renaissance people who controlled Italy with a vice, 
uh, grip uh, around the throats of the peasants. Patreon.com slash major spoilers. May have to cut that out, Matthew. That was probably one of the best uh, best <laughs> promo bits I've ever done in my entire life for the show. That's pretty. That's cool. Yeah. Patreon.com slash major spoilers. All right. I think I think the uh, you know the whole uh, caffeine thing's working for you. I think I think everybody secretly wants to be a Renaissance patron, mm-hmm. and they are angry because they were born in the wrong time. Right, and we're we're here to help. And we are. We are really here to help people relive or fulfill that dream that they've always had by oh, becoming yeah. a patron of the arts. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so what are you waiting for, dear listener? Of course, if you've already <laughs> done it, if you've already done it, then thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. We greatly appreciate your support. All right, Matthew, we are into uh, our number twos. Our number twos. And one of the biggest problems that I had when... And oftentimes when we do a top five, I have this problem. What it comes down to is it is really hard to say the best. Sometimes it's even just hard to say my favorite. But I started thinking about the movies that I love the most. And what exactly are the villains of the movies that I love the most? And I started thinking about um, recently a sequel came out. Well, recently within the last year or two, a sequel came out to one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, if this is a happy, that, is this a happy death day thing? I'm tuning out right now, dude. No, no. Okay, I'm going to listen for just thing. a there's little no bit longer. Go ahead, go ahead. There's 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 no villain in that. You don't even listen, man. You don't even listen. Yeah, Why? there's a villain. It's the it's the girl who gave her the poison cupcake. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So you have seen the movie. <laughs> I did. I That's see. why I complained. That's why I complained when you said it's a time travel movie. It's not a time travel movie. Go ahead, please. I didn't please expound. Like t- please expound exactly upon it. your. My movie has one of the, in my experience, uh, most personal, most horrifying villains. And of course, I'm referring to Kevin Smith's uh, first film, Clerks. And of course, the top five movie villain, my number two is The Creeping Ennui of your twenties because that whole movie is nothing more than two guys realizing that they work in a grocery store and that they probably need to get out of there or else they're going to end up being 50 and still working in a grocery store. Uh, spoilers for clerks three. Yes, but the, they do. <laughs> the thing about it though, is it feels very real. Uh, throughout the entire film, and I, you know, this came out in 1994 when we were 23, 24 years old, and it is a very authentic sort of thing, especially if you've ever worked retail. I've never like worked in a convenience store or a fast food restaurant, but I've been behind the desk of a comic shop, and oy, are some of those stories absolutely true. But as you get into your 20s, you start feeling that that restlessness that am I an adult? Am I a child? What do I do? Who am I? What am I? Why, why am I here? And you really do just get a big double barrel dose of that throughout Clerks as you watch Dante make stupid decisions. As you make Randall, you watch Randall make no decisions, but make fun of Dante's stupid decisions. He's just like, yeah, I, I mean, I work in a convenience store and I'm really sort of fine with that. Uh, but you do have that problem where now that I'm 50, I watch that film and I'm just like, why don't you idiots just, you know, talk to the woman? Why don't why, why don't you do the adult thing? But that's not the point. The creeping ennui of your 20s 
had had captured them. It had grabbed them by the neck and it had forced them to be schmucks. And that is why, with the exception of my number one, it is one of the most terrifying villains that I have ever encountered in film because it is real and I felt it and I faced it nose to nose. All right. I think people are sitting there on the edge of their seats in anticipation, wondering when this villain was going to make an appearance. We've got a, we got a villain who is wanting to just ruin a kid's day. Mm-hmm. We got another villain who wants to ruin uh, a Christmas party. We've got another villain who wants to ruin the space program. <laughs> so that only means that to go bigger, you have to have a villain that wants to destroy any resistance against him or his, his Lord Emperor. I am, of course, talking about Darth Vader from the Star Wars. The Star Wars. Yeah, this guy's a bad dude. What? I don't know if you've ever seen the Star Wars, Matthew. But Darth I Vader, haven't. I've heard he a lot is about it. But I bad. It's Here's the thing. Imagine you grew up as a young child and somebody came up to you and said, hey, you've That's got a lot the of... only way to grow up as far as they, I know. But wait, hold on. There's more. Somebody comes up to you, Matthew, and says, hey, you are somebody that has a lot of great talent. How about we take you somewhere and we try to make your talent the best talent that it can be? And you'd probably be like, eee! And, and you'd be fluttering around like a little butterfly. Oh, this is my chance to be somebody. And then they corrupt you and they turn your mind inside out. You're like, I want to yeah, marry a yeah, girl. I went to they're like, uh, I want to, to marry a girl. And they're like, no, you can't marry a girl. And then there's this guy over there who you thought you could trust. And so young little boy who said, I want to keep my eye on you, kid. And then uh, suddenly he's like, yes, they're poisoning your brain. You should follow me and do what I say. Have you heard the story of Darth Plagueis? And then the next thing you know, you're right, Matthew. They're strapping a life support system on you and demanding that you do exactly what he says because those guys over there betrayed you. That was stupid. That guy. is the sad story of Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> that's the that's the lesser known. Uh, you know, uh, there's always twins yeah. in the Skywalker. Family, right, right, right. right. So yeah. you got Darth Vader and you got Darth Vader. That does bring up a good question. Mm-hmm. What if there was a twin with uh, Anakin? I mean, Ooh. I know that there's supposed to be this uh, miraculous uh, conception. Right, right. A, a, la, a la Jesus Christ, uh, as explained. Which, <laughs> we all knew. The, we all knew Shmi was way, uh, sleeping around. Major, yeah, that's just like a major, major uh, misstep in the Star Wars. Oh yeah, mythos, yeah. yeah the immaculate uh, conception there is uh, is a little far stretched. But so it makes you wonder: Was there a twin? Did Shmi have to give away one of her kids? Did she well, sell him know, to? Did she sell him to the junk dealer guy? Yes. That's exactly what it is. And then he 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 turned him into uh, Greedo. One of those that's little. Why. <laughs> that's why it's so terrible and sad that uh, Greedo and Luke don't get along. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That's that's why uh, Han had to shoot him first. Uh, so my number two, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. You know All right, Matthew, let's see. Uh, go ahead. Human. They don't necessarily have to reproduce the way we do. No, no, no. But uh, traditionally, I mean, uh, look, um, uh, you've you've got uh, you got twins, twins around in the families. Uh, that's been proven on uh, such shows as uh, as uh, uh, Gravity Falls and, you know, those other shows that feature twins. Right. Um, uh, WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, twins yeah. And, and the, the Bobsy twins and uh, 
Dick and Jane. They're twins, right? Um, sort of. Yeah, see, yeah. there we go. All right, so uh, Ennui. I don't know if you can top Ennui, Matthew, oh, in, your, in your ranking of, uh, of movie villains. But please, share us your number one movie villain. <laughs> I did not use Darth Vader because I knew he would show up on your list. But um, since Rodrigo is out this week, I have to bring in my number one as a dark horse, but also one of the greatest villains of all time and one that Rodrigo actually used as one of the big villains of our critical hit series. Uh, this is actually a villain that you see in multiple movies. Ozzie Davis. It's, it's amazing. It's it, you see this in more than one place. And I'm not talking like sequels where it's like Superman and Superman two. I'm talking about movies as different as aliens and blade runner different as office space and Fritz Lang's Metropolis, movies like Parasite and Sorry to Bother You, the worst villain of them all, my friends, capitalism. Mm. If you watch the movie They Live, the movie They Live is ostensibly about aliens coming to Earth and taking over, but it's really about how they took over so easily because we are greedy, greedy scum, and all we want is money. Uh, if you ever watch the movie Wall Street, which I do not recommend, by the way, uh, please don't. Uh, and if somebody says to you, Matthew said, watch Wall Street, don't just just walk away. If you want a movie about that, you can watch either the well, big so short here's, here's or the problem. The other thing. Here's, yes. here's the problem with with that statement. You know, yes. actually, Wall Street is a very good movie and it's a very good look at a time period in the 80s mm -hmm. when that was how. Uh, corporations worked even more so now, but back then that was, right. you know, kind of the, the, the start off of it. So if you're looking for a, a kind of a nexus point, now gr right. granted greed has been around forever. Sort of the, people wanting to make money story of modern capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we can look at that and you can say, Oh, this is a very good movie. Gordon Gecko is a bad guy, oh, but yes. unfortunately, if you've been on Twitter discourse in the last week or in the last year, hello, future people again, uh, you know, that people, just misunderstand the bad guy like Darth Vader. You should not be looking up to Darth Vader. You should not be looking up to Gordon Gecko. You should not think that Rorschach is the hero of right. Watchmen. You will have to look up to Darth Vader because he's like, seven he's like six, four, you don't yeah, he's need six to and a half idolize half. him. Yeah, no, you don't right. idolize him. You don't want to mimic them. And so unfortunately with a movie like wall street, too many yeah. people look at Gordon Gecko and go, I want to be that guy without really realizing yeah, without really realizing that, no, Gordon Gecko is the villain. Right. If you, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That movie is just incredible. And throughout that whole movie, there are these, just these terrible, awful moments that keep happening where you're like, this could all be fixed if somebody just went, hey, why do these people have to, you know, why do we have to have this whole situation? Why is there a structure where somebody has to be on the top and all of the money has to funnel this direction? And then these oligarchs go doodly doodly do. And then poor Mr. Park is living in a basement. Listen, and I'll tell you why capitalism. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to stick it in the eye of capitalism, if you want to yeah. look at these big wigs and you want to say, yeah. no, we deny your greed. We deny you corrupting our society. We're going to put our money somewhere else. Patreon.com slash major spoilers. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. It's the most anti-capitalist uh, like scheme that we got going. Oh, <laughs>
just saying. I'm Other just, people are out there just just scamming you left and right for your money, ladies and gentlemen. Scamming. How many times has this happened to you? Oh, There's you're not going to sleep at night. Do you know where Do you know where your children are? Is your home safe? Oh, we don't pull any of those shenanigans, ladies and gentlemen. Patreon.com slash major spoilers. You know that when you give your $5 a month, you're getting fine quality entertainment just like this one right here. And we know where your children are. So if you don't, we can just call <laughs> We're just, little Bobby, he's down on the street corner. I don't know what he's smoking, but uh, you probably ought to go talk to him about it. Any any more diatribe about uh, capitalism you'd like to uh, spend a moment uh, on? Billionaires should not exist. The end. I think there should uh, be like one billionaire. Yeah, but you think that that billionaire should also be Steven. So no, I don't want to be I don't want to be a billionaire. I, I'd give way, way too much of my money away if I was a billionaire. That's the yeah, problem. That's why I'll never be a billionaire. Billion. I'll be a, I would be a bad billionaire because I would give like more than half my money away. And then I'd only be a billionaire be like, for about a, about a week and a half. And then probably, like, I mean, oh, honestly, probably because of, of the money that I would give away, right. I would probably be, a, well, first of all, it depends on how I got my billions. Um, right. But like, well, for example, lottery gets probably up to a billion, a uh, lottery gets up to a billion dollars. You're only getting like 300 million of that. Uh, everything else is going to be taken out of as uh, cash and taxes and all that kind of stuff. Um, tax tax. But even if I just surprisingly said, oh, universe, I desire a billion dollars and a billion dollars appeared here in my bank account. Half of it would be literally gone in a week because I'm like, ooh, I'm going to make a donation to this. and I'm going to make a donation to this. I'm going to set up scholarships for this. I'm going to make sure there's some food banks that are full. I'm going to, you know, uh, put some money into some, some housing nice things. Hat. Um, yes, I will buy Matthew a Macintosh computer so he finally knows what it's like to be to be free. All that stuff. Yeah, no. Patreon.com slash major spoilers. I need a Macintosh like a hen needs a flag. Like a fish needs a bicycle. Listen, are, are you, so are you done with your number one? Uh, I don't know. I might still have more. It depends on whether you're going to make fun of me. I mean, I am, but. Uh, then, yeah, I'm done. Okay. All right. Now, I thought about taking a cheap shot for my number one, especially, <laughs> especially after, especially after this week and the weirdness on the internet, and especially after after our our, our enlightening, valuable discussion that we just had about Gordon Gecko. Mm-hmm. And originally, I was just going to say, you know, the worst movie villains are the fans. Oh snap! Right. I mean, with you on that. I mean, a I lot mean, of time. Uh, really, and, and toxic, toxic fandom uh, really makes me not want to be part of that community. Whether it's comic books, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel movies, whatever it is, even even in my little world of astrophotography, there's a there's a definitely a toxic group of people that I have no desire to be around. Really? But then I was like, yeah, you would think it's like I ask one simple question and it's like, oh, well, you must be some kind of dummy. Why are you even doing this stuff? It's you like the, every every group has their own gatekeepery ways and it just infuriates me. And the whole thing about Star Wars is only for one certain group of people, et cetera. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, it would be very easy for me to just take the easy way out and say the the worst movie villains of all time are the fans. But I'm going to try to keep it in terms of the actual movie itself keep it and so i'm going to try to keep it classy so in this case instead of taking all of fandom i'm going to take all of fandom and squish it into the body of one character (laughs) a character so toxic 
that when you just hear the name, you know that this character embodies all thing that's all thing, things that are wrong with toxic fandom. And that's Annie Wilkes. Scarier than Darth Vader, worse than, than Dr. No, more malicious than Hans Gruber, and certainly wanting to uh, harsh somebody's mellow over Ed Rooney. Annie Wilkes is the worst fan. She says that she's your number one fan. But then she has a fit when you kill her favorite character in a book. And so she ties you to a bed and forces you to write a new book. And if you think about getting out of bed, you're going to take a sledgehammer and break your ankle so that she hobbles you so you can't go anywhere. And then, if you're not careful, she's going to saw off your foot and cauterize it with a blowtorch just so you make the art that she demands you make. She doesn't give the author, James Kahn, a chance to create his own art. Annie Wilkes is such a toxic fan. Well, she's also a psychopath and sociopath and has killed right. a lot of people and, that we find out in the books and in the movies. But she is right. such a toxic fan that she believes that the art she loves should be created in the way she envisions it and in the way that she dictates it to the creator, which is the exact opposite of how art is done. And so because of that, I can take all of toxic fandom of, of the of whatever fandom that you are part of. And we can encapsulate that in a true movie villain, my number one vil- villain, Annie Wilkes. Yeah. So there you go. I, I was I, I was like, oh, let me let me not just take the cheap shot. Talk about on we. Right. Let's let's embody that. Let's embody that into Annie Wilkes. Wait, did you just say on we is a cheap shot? Because I mean, it could be. I mean, Man. <laughs> Ripple is only five dollars a bottle, so on we <laughs> might only be like two fifty. So there you it's go, ladies and gentlemen. Ennui Duchamp. Yes. Uh, uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Our top five movie villains. Uh, that topic generated uh, to us by ChatGPT this week. But you could have your voice heard. Get over to our uh, to our Discord server. It's There's a link in the show notes. Join for free. Jump into that top five channel. Share not only your suggestion for an upcoming top five episode that we'll do this year but also share your top five movie villains because other yeah. people are going to share their top five movie villains. And some people are going to criticize who we have on our list. And other people are going to say, Oh, your list was perfect. Why are they going to do that? Because everybody loves a list. This podcast is copyright 2024 by major spoilers, entertainment, LLC.